I might even choose Titans to win it all. You never know, like, Julio Jones and Derrick Henry. That is dangerous combo. Welcome to episode 21 of Everything Sports with Elman. I'm your host, Elman Carney, and I talk about the hottest topics in sports over the course of the past week. And in this episode, I'm going to talk about the Euro 2020, even though it's being played in 21 because it was postponed from 2020 and why I'm super excited for that. The Milwaukee Bucks needing to avoid an embarrassment even though they won game three. Fantasy minute for baseball, obviously, and then the Titan ceiling for this upcoming season. Because earlier in the week, Julio did get traded to Tennessee. I couldn't talk about that because my episode is today. And then so many people have been asking me on Instagram and Twitter to talk about if the Paul brothers are hurting or helping boxing. And before I get into the episode, make sure you join me next Friday uh, for an NBA 2K21 live stream where I trade a player each time I lose. It'll be a fantasy draft in. NBA 2K21 and the timings will be from 5 or 3 to 5:30 p.m. PST. With that, Euro 2020. Let's get into it, man. I've been super excited, like especially the Euro 2016. How that ended? How that ended, man? Oh my god, like everything was stacked against Portugal to win that. But either, or at least, yeah, either is, I guess, how you pronounce it. If I'm pronouncing it wrong, my bad, but 109th minute. For those of you that don't know soccer too much or don't watch it too much, it's two 45 minute halves. And after the 45th minute, or after the 90th minute, there's a stoppage time where, like, when they're taking the ball out, they'll add a few minutes, maybe five minutes, sometimes even seven minutes um, for extra playing time. And then because it was 0-0 at the end of regulation, um, there's extra time where there's two 15-minute periods. And in this one, there was six. Um, it was four minutes through the second st- second extra time period. Think about that. And at this point, Ronaldo was injured the entire, pretty much the entire game. And he was crying, like, obviously he wanted to be out there, but Eder is the hero for Portugal from 2016. But now, finally, 2021. They're still calling it 2020 because it was obviously postponed from last year, but Euro 2020. Boy, it gets me excited, man. When I look at the standings, I see Group F right away. Right away. We got France, Germany, Hungary, Portugal. Obviously, two teams can only make it. And wow, man. Wow. Only two teams make it. So it's going to be tough. Either France, Germany, and Portugal will be eliminated. I do really want to see. Ronaldo make it out of the uh, group stage. I would really love that. I would really love that. So that's my prediction. Portugal will make it out of the group stage in Group F, and I'd probably go with France. Germany, they did suck in the FIFA World Cup, so I don't know how they'll do. And then another one that 
kind of intrigues me. There's actually a couple. Like when I look at the standings, you got Belgium and Russia in Group B. Maybe Denmark if you want um, to put Ericsson in there. Uh, group C, like I feel like Group C, they're just gonna lose. Whoever makes it out, both of those teams are just gonna lose in the actual uh, or in the stage after the group stage. And then Group D, you got Croatia, Czech Republic, England, and Scotland. Obviously, I think Croatia and England will make it out of there. Group E, Poland, Slovakia, Spain, and Sweden. Sweden had an incredible run in the FIFA World Cup. Like, Tony Kroos had to play hero ball to beat Sweden. Literally, that was one of the best free kicks I've ever seen. Personally, one of the best free kicks I've ever seen. But you got Spain, Slovakia, maybe not, but Poland. I feel like Poland's a dark horse team, man. People might not agree with me, but they're a dark horse team. You got Robert Lewandowski. If he's on a bad team or like a subpar team, he can carry them. He could potentially carry them, and which is why I say because of his Ballon d'Or performance, Poland has a shot. Not a big shot, but I think they have a shot. And then Spain, even though Ramos is out, they just have too many good soccer players. Group F, man, I predict Germany is going to be out. And Portugal is going to be first, France second, Germany third, Hungary fourth. And with that, that ends our Euro segment. And now we will go to, I titled it Bucks Embarrassment if you... Um, look at the picture for this episode. I said Bucks embarrassment, even though they won game three. I feel like they got very, 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 very lucky to even make it out of game three. They should be down 3-0 in the series right now. It's flat out embarrassing. Just the way the Heat got embarrassed by the Bucks, and now everyone's calling them bubble frauds. They should have traded. They should have traded Hero for James Harden. Hero's a young guy, and but you got James Harden on the table, and you don't want to trade Hero. I don't know why you don't do that. And then Oladipo is not even healthy. So, like, come on, man. And so this Bucks embarrassment. Game three, whole team shot so poorly. And what decided the game is essentially game uh, the first quarter. The first quarter, it was 30-11, Milwaukee Bucks. And then the second quarter comes around, the Nets wreck the Bucks. And then after that, it's just the slugfest. 86-83 was the final score. What a beautiful spin by Drew Holiday to essentially ice the game. I'm telling you this right now. Chris Middleton needs to play like the Chris Middleton we saw in Game 3. If that doesn't happen, then the Bucks are gonna lose the series four to one. And in addition to that, to have yourself a shot, because the Nets aren't gonna struggle like they did yesterday, to have yourself a shot, Drew Holiday, man, pick it up. And Brooke Lopez was playing like a defensive player of the year yesterday. So you got guys stepping it up. Middleton has to be more consistent. Drew Holiday needs to step it up. This is what you traded a lot of assets for so pick it up otherwise the bucks have no shot absolutely no shot of beating the brooklyn nets 
that's what needs to happen for them or for Milwaukee to avoid an embarrassment. And now we go to Fantasy Minute, where I talk about the five best players you should add on your baseball team to stay at the top of your league. Or um, if you're on the bottom of your league, then you can rise in the rankings. So without further ado, let's get started. We got Tariq Skubal, starting pitcher for Detroit Tigers. You got 30% rostered, and he's been doing well the past handful of games. You got Daniel Bard. Relief pitcher for the Colorado Rockies, and he's 39% rostered. You got Lucas Sims, starting pitcher, relief pitcher for the Cincinnati, for Cincinnati, 30% rostered. You got Colin Moran, first, second, and third baseman for Pittsburgh, 30% rostered. And then you got Josh Delmont, right pitcher, or relief pitcher for Kansas City, 38% rostered. Sorry if I butchered his name. Like, I mean, I keep bringing it up every fantasy minute baseball. You didn't hear me mention any San Francisco Giants. The Giants are top of the league. Can't believe I'm saying the San Francisco Giants are at the top of the league. As happy as I am as a Bay Area sports fan, no one expected. And that's why the over the course of the past few weeks since I started fantasy minute baseball, you've heard a lot of San Francisco Giants. And now with that, we go to the Tennessee Titans ceiling. And what I mean by that is how far can they go in the upcoming NFL season? I don't want to give too much away because next month or for the July live stream, I will do NFL season predictions and I will form a bracket based on who I think is going to win win the whole thing. So. Stay tuned for that next month. But anyways, for today, Titans ceiling this upcoming season. I think they can make it to the Super Bowl. Ryan Tannehill just needs to... He he can't struggle. That is the last thing they need with a master running back, like the best running back in the league. That's not even up for debate. Derrick Henry... And then you got A.J. Brown, Julio Jones. Like, wow, man. Tannehill needs to be playing like how he has the past couple of years. He just needs to stay the course. And it's hard for him to struggle because you got amazing receivers on the side. And then an all-world running back in your backfield. But then the defense just has to be an average defense. I feel like they just have to... Be an average defense, just allow maybe 20, 23 points a game. And then you're fine. Because I feel like per game, the Titans offense can at least score three touchdowns a game. At least. That's what I feel like. Because you've got Tynahill throwing deep balls to Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. And then like on first and second down, you got Derrick Henry running the ball. Imagine this team. And let's talk about Julio Jones for a second. Just focus on him. Because earlier in the week, that was the news that we got him being traded to the Tennessee Titans. First reaction I had is, what in the world are you doing, Green Bay Packers? What are you doing? Because Aaron Rodgers and uh, the GM, they're not on good terms right now. Aaron Rodgers 
is not returning to camp. He doesn't want to play for Green Bay. And you can't even give up a second and a fourth to trade for Julio Jones. Imagine. Just restructure a few players' contract, trade, who, trade for Julio Jones. All it took was a second and a fourth, and you'd even be getting back a sixth. A sixth. Imagine that. You'd have Aaron Jones in the backfield, Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, and then Devontae Adams and Julio Jones, probably two of the top five wide receivers in the entire NFL, better than A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. You're not stopping that Packers team. I'm sorry. And if the Packers can't do this much to help Aaron Rodgers, then they clearly don't care about their superstar that's made them relevant as a franchise the past decade. And not caring is the reason why Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to come back to Green Bay. Treat your superstar well. Trade him where he wants to go. Or trade for these receivers to give him help. That's not even happening. And now Julio Jones on the Tennessee Titans. I feel like the Titans can compete with the Chiefs. And the Chiefs did trade for Orlando Brown, which bolsters their offensive line. But if the Titans, like I said, 20, 23 points a game. If you limit the Chiefs to maybe like 28, 31, you could compete with the Chiefs, man. That's what I feel like. It could be a Titans-Niners Super Bowl, Titans-Buccaneers. I might even choose Titans to win it all. You never know. Like, Julio Jones and Derrick Henry, that is a dangerous combo. And I, I even left out A.J. Brown and Ryan Tannehill right now. Like, the Titans, man, they can't mess up an amazing opportunity. They can't. They just can't. And now the last topic of the episode. You got, are the Paul brothers hurting or helping boxing? I got mixed feelings about this. I think Logan Paul is helping boxing. He is helping boxing because, let's see. So it started with two fights against KSI, um, British YouTuber. And you got to draw the first round and then a split decision loss in the second game or second match between KSI and him. And then you go and fight Floyd Mayweather. An actual boxer. That definitely drew way more attention to the sport, but in a positive way. Because here is the Paul brother fighting an actual boxer instead of just a UFC or MMA fighter. You got Jake Paul, on the other hand, fighting Anison Gibb, who is another British YouTuber. He's one and in that. And then you got... Nate Robinson just being put to sleep, literally, by Jake Paul. He's a basketball player, retired basketball player, so he's not even a boxer. And then you got Ben Askren from the UFC. And then you're fighting Tyron Woodley from the UFC. The UFC is a different skill set than boxing. And if Jake Paul keeps saying that, UFC, UFC athletes are calling him out because he knows that it's a disadvantage for him, then why is he making UFC fighters come to boxing? And even though it draws more eyes to boxing, it's not in a positive light. Because each time you talk about Jake Paul, 
oh, fight an actual athlete, fight an actual boxer. You don't find an actual boxer. Because he's not doing this, it's drawing a negative light towards boxing. Unlike Logan Paul, who fights actual boxers. Or at least one Floyd Mayweather. And that fight, by the way, what that was clearly for the money. Floyd Mayweather held Logan Paul up when he accidentally knocked him out. He'll deny it, but it is what it is. But Jake Paul, you're fighting Tyron Woodley, another UFC guy. Ben Askren, if you go into MMA and fight Jake Paul, Jake Paul's getting knocked out. He's been put to sleep like Nate Robinson if he goes to the UFC. If he fights in the UFC and be fair to the, all those other UFC athletes that are calling him out, just the same way he's calling them out to box, Jake Paul is getting knocked out when he goes into the UFC or MMA. Mark my words. If that ever happened, which I don't think it will because it's Jake Paul, he is getting knocked out if he does UFC. And with that, I'm ending the episode here. Thanks for tuning in to episode 21. Make sure to tune in next Friday for episode 22 and the live stream later on that day from 3 to 5.30 p.m. PST next friday thanks for tuning in and see you next week